Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everybody, and welcome to The Reluctant Historian. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. I'm your host, Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian. Dakota Lawson. On this podcast, I'll tell him a story from history, and he'll share his unapologetic thoughts and opinions. Opinions? (laughs) So, if you love history... Or you absolutely hate it. This podcast is for you. (laughs) Opinions? 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 That's the same thing. Okay, tomato, tomato... Why did tomato I, to pinino? To, tomato to pinino. No, when I said that though, why was I like I hesitated? Like, oh shit! I started this this saying, but I don't know how to finish it. It's tomato tomato. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing. Potato the potato. That you have all the time. Yeah. Or if you're Japanese, you go potato. I learned that. That was one word I learned from when I was trying to learn Japanese. Is potato. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so for spooky season. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about the history of the witch trials in England. What the fuck? <laughs> no, 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 you're, are you serious? No. Okay, okay. Been, <laughs> you, I came up with that joke. I was sitting on the can yeah. and I was like, this will be a funny joke. That, <laughs> you had me there. I thought, I thought you were going to pull this shit because at this point... Like the content well has just run dry. Like if we're yeah, doing no three, more, nothing more yeah, in history. If we're doing three weeks of that, I mean, fuck, <laughs> we're done. Nobody, nobody's gonna listen to us again. What are we actually talking about? Uh, so we're actually gonna be talking about the Beast of Gévaudan. The Beast of Gévaudan. Yes. So did I get that right? Sure. Yeah. You, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you did great. What? what uh, Gévaud- is it French? It is French. Oh, look at me. Look at you go. Yeah. So it's spooky it's not necessarily like it's not like the traditional like ghost or haunting or like vampire okay thing but i think it's a cool historical creepy thing that happened right okay i'm i'm interested but you said all these cool things and you're like it's nothing like that (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) i i think you'll like this one okay okay. i was happy writing it i i like beasts stories about beasts yeah is this a uh sort of a uh, well, it's not is, Beauty and the Beast. No, no, no. Is this more like, is it like a supernatural thing or is it like just well, a human be. that they call a beast? It's not a human. Okay. So let's play 21 questions. Is it bigger than a breadbasket? What? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> so sit down, buckle up, and get ready to listen to the history of the Beast of Gévaudan. to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Canada. So Dakota, what is your golden nugget? 
That was weird. That was a little weird, but before we get to that, I should have a little question. What's up? Is it bigger than a bread basket? <laughs> I think it's bread box. Did you never play 21 questions when you were a child? Well, Animal, sure. vegetable, mineral? What? Ashbo- uh, <laughs> did I just forget how to talk? Animal, vegetable, mineral? Yes. Okay, so 21 questions. You and I would be playing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking of something yeah. in my head. And then you have 21 questions to ask me. So the first one I say is, is it bigger than a bread no, basket? No, no, no. So, well, you can ask whatever questions you want. But traditionally, okay. so think of something. Well, we're going to play 21 questions right now. So think of something in your head. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, the pressure's on. Uh, okay. Okay. Is it an animal, vegetable, or mineral? Animal. Uh, is it bigger than a bread box? Yes. <laughs> uh, is it a mammal? Yes. Yes. Is- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's three questions. Yeah, okay. okay. Is it in our house right now? Yes. <laughs> is it Louise? Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so here's a really creepy thing. Yeah. Um, when I was like, oh, I'm going to make Dakota ask me the questions, yeah. I was also thinking of Louise. But really? also she's sitting at our feet. Yeah, so- and like she's the only thing I saw to the right of me. <laughs> but when you asked me, is it a mammal? I had that moment where I'm like, I... What is a mammal? And it, it was one of the stupidest things I've thought of. Like, yes, yes, it is. She has live births and uh, has nipples and doesn't lay eggs. So she doesn't. No, therefore she is a mammal. Okay, okay. So, but your golden nugget. My golden nugget. Yes. Uh, last night, uh, we started playing a Pokemon game together. Yes. Pokemon Unite. It's yes. A, it's an online game where we play as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, normally I'd be, uh, scared to play on a team with Liz because she's, uh, very competitive and a little bit scary, if I'm being honest. Okay. But, eh? <laughs> but I'm pretty good at the game. So, it was okay because we were both. Just okay? No. You only had an okay time with me? Shut up. <laughs> No, it was fantastic. Oh, okay. It, my nerves were okay. Oh, like, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, good because, uh, you know, if we were playing an actual sport, you'd be yelling at me or something like that. I will still yell at you at this game. Yeah, but I'm also pretty good at it. That's so true. I don't have, you, like, I know what slack. I'm doing in the game, right? right? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, it was just super fun. It's like Pokemon mixed with uh, basketball, which is a weird mm-hmm. sort of thing to bring together, but... It's awesome, and uh, we killed the game last night. So I couldn't be happier that uh, uh, my my two loves are coming together, you know, Pokemon and my whammon, you know. So thank you for that, my dear. You're welcome. And what is your golden nugget? So my golden nugget hasn't happened yet. I knew this was going to be what it was. (laughs) This is my lump of coal. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to go swimming today. I'm so excited. So, Dakota, well, maybe I'll let you tell that story, Dakota, about your... My drowning? Yes. Ah, yes. Well, if I mention the person's name that I was with, I owe him money, so... Why? Remember, he said, man, you named me on this podcast so many times, you're going to owe me money, (laughs) so... So not... Let's just call him... Edelba. Let's call him Edelbabub. So, Edelbabub and me were... uh, 2012, picture it, the year was 2012, I was... A young 20-year-old. We were at the lake. We were going to swim out to the dock. I was like, yes, I took swimming lessons six or seven years ago. I can do this. 
No, it was a lot longer than that. Ten years before this, I can do this. I know how to swim. I do not. I do not know how to swim. I got halfway there, and then I kind of forgot how to. And then I started to drown, and my body kind of went into shock, and I was like... Uh, zip zapping everywhere with my hands and it was it was kind of wild it's uh, i'm uh, doing it uh, in a comedic tone but at the time oh you let me tell you probably shitting yourself. it was terrifying uh but my savior was on the beach it was probably jesus in disguise <laughs> <laughs> this man swam out to me and lent me a foot he held. When he gave you his foot he, he was he was doing the backstroke smart man yeah and he was like because you probably would like clenched onto him and like dragged him down and you both would have died yeah well that's what i tried to do with it it i was like oh i'm drowning i'll grab onto him he's roughly the same size as i am so yeah and i i i wouldn't be able to do it so we, we it, that wasn't working did he for punch me. you because like so this is a little bit well, you do that okay so this is a little bit saucy Oh, okay. If you are trying to save somebody who's drowning, they usually get into this, like, weird... Not usually. Sometimes they can get into this, like, panic mode. Yeah. And so if you are the savior and they start panicking and clawing at you, yeah, you're supposed to, like, punch them and get them off of you. And that way, at least you can survive. Because... Uh, oh, damn. They can drag you both down. So did Idalbadabababadabab? No. Idalbadabab didn't... He didn't punch me. But he should have. But he yelled to the crowd of six people maybe <laughs> that were there and so jesus yes. this man mm-hmm. <laughs> came and he put out a foot and he dragged me to the the dock and i was like oh oh my god thank you jesus <laughs> um <laughs> the man's like yo my name's brad my name my name is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways so uh it was that day that i learned that i can't swim and you'd think that i would have learned by now that was nine years ago (laughs) you'd be mistaken i haven't i know so we are going to go today i'm going to go do lane swimming because i love swimming uh and dakota's going to sit in the hot tub and part of his like i don't know what it's called association no it's it's a type of therapy where you just kind of like slowly exposure therapy i don't know what it's called anywho <laughs> is it am i exposing myself by going in a hot tub and watching you while cat calling you don't cat call me <laughs> it may be and they won't know where that we're married everybody so is that what people has that how people cat call no. it may be no hey i you want the you want to go for a ride in my honda no my mitsubishi <laughs> i don't have a honda anyways and then hopefully we'll be able to get you to put like your toe in the water Yes. And then the next time we go, you can, like, put your ankle in the water. My big thing, uh, another thing is, it's not that I'm just afraid of drowning, because, like, if I'm in shallow water, it's totally fine. It's also, I hate the fucking cold of water. Like, there's nothing desirable about me being in water. It's just, I I just, I just hate it. Mm. So. Yeah, it's too bad that we can't go to Lakewood Civic Center. I went there last week, and the pool was hot. I, d- and I had to swim laps. I in would a be hot the judge pool. of that, and I would disagree with that. I almost guarantee. So hopefully, Shaw Center is not cold. That's where we're going. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Um. Yeah. So this was a long intro, and we still have to talk about merch. That's chill. Keep yeah. going. Uh. So we found out our merch was on sale yesterday. Yeah. We. They didn't tell us. No. I, uh, you would think. I. That- I want to charge you guys full price. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> 
Um, so we had Lexi and Troy bought some stuff. Hopefully yeah. she wasn't buying that for him for like a gift or anything. Cause oh, now I, it's a boiled that surprise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Well, but, so we super appreciate that. That and uh, we apologize if it was for a gift. Yes. But uh, uh, to make up for it, I'll, I'll sign the shirt for Troy. Okay. Oh, it doesn't come to us. Well, no, but I'm assuming I'll meet them at some point. But I hope so. And uh, it's gonna, I mean, they'll probably get starstruck around me or something. I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm picturing how I am around celebrities. Because you know? you're a celebrity? Yes. Right. But so we we recognize um, we've had a couple people just say the shipping's super expensive, i.e. Dakota said that the shipping was super expensive. Oh, I, I was, uh, my, so my, we- my friend Bub. Uh, brought it up to me and was like uh, more like the thought that counts kind of th- kind of thing that he w- was thinking about um buying some, but I totally get it because I'm on the podcast and I don't want to buy. A shirt. I know I'm like I-, I think we're still gonna buy one, but maybe not. Mostly because you're making me. <laughs> yes, I think we'd be cute in them. Yeah, mom. This morning she was like, "That doesn't look like you guys." Oh, yeah, I heard you on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, clearly. Wait, is she buying a shirt? Uh, she thinks well, uh, maybe. Well, Dad doesn't listen to this podcast. She's thinking he's gonna buy. It. She's gonna buy it for Dad for Christmas. He doesn't even listen. <laughs> I know, so I can say it. So, anyways, whatever. We'll we'll get a few bucks out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, he still likes to support us. Like, even if that's he doesn't true. listen. Okay, that's that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. But he should start listening to us. He should. Um. But yeah, so we're hopefully soon. You know, this money, I'm going to put it into a little fund for our podcast, and we'll have an account, and then we can buy a website, and we can buy more merch, and da 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 Yeah, once we buy switch... Buy new mics. Yeah, for sure. Once we switch over to uh, a website, our own website, where we can host a, a store, then the prices won't be so ridiculous, and you'll it'll be like more like 20 bucks or something, right? Yeah. Is, I'd assume. Yeah. So, you know, a lot more manageable. Yeah. So, right now... I don't think merch is at our our top list list of things. It's something we're striving towards, and we're slowly working our way there. It's just baby steps. It's baby steps. So, like, yeah, we only have the one picture right now. Uh, yeah, because I need there. to hire somebody to do artwork for us. Too. Really, I really like that one you designed of the just yeah. like the rock and roll historian in different like faded out colors. The, I thought that was super nice. The problem with that is that I don't know how to like actually save a proper graphic. Mm. So then to upload it. It's not the right file, and then oh, it's just. Okay. I mean, obviously, I could Google that, but uh, I've got other things going on. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, eventually there will be better and more merch, cheaper, but you know, baby steps. But then you, you know, Lexi and Troy—they've got the OG stuff. That's so true. It's gonna be uh, like worth more. Yeah. In first edition. Years. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was a normal day for Jean Boulet, a 14-year-old sheep watcher. Hi, <laughs> I am John Boulet. She's... Uh, I watch sheep. Is it a girl? Yes. Oh. <laughs> she stood in the fields under the shadow of the Marigid mountain range. The air was warm on that last day of June as she watched her sheep roam about the fields from under the shelter of a large tree. Well, I feel like I'm there. The grass was green and... This lugged- boring... This job is boring. I don't like watching sheep. Why are we doing this, John Boulet? The grass was green and luxuriously thick, <laughs> and Jeanne was lulled into a dreamlike state. Well, yeah, because she's probably so fucking bored. <laughs> watching sleepily for any sort of strange movement, Jeanne wondered about her plans for the rest of the day. 
As a sheep herder, there was not much that she could do in terms of entertainment, as the ewes and lambs needed to be minded and brought back to the flock if they strayed. But she thought that perhaps, before she had to move the group to newer pastures, she may be able to slip into the town for a bite to eat or a glass of ale. <laughs> I, I like the way you're telling this, by the way. This is great. As Jeanne dreamt about the things she could look forward to, she noticed something. Out of the corner of her eye, she thought she saw a flash of black. Turning quickly, she looked towards the rising slope where the shadow had been just moments before. Squinting now, Jeanne could see that it was just a black sheep. Rare and... <laughs> Rare in her flock, but she recognized it as one of her favorites. Fancy, she had named her. Childish, really. (laughs) You're you're so fancy. The French word for dark. But what was Jeanne but little more than a child? That's true. Classic John. Feeling relieved and a little embarrassed at being so easily spooked, Jeanne moved to return to her spot near the tree, barely noticing when a huge beast came bolting out of the nearby forest, fangs bared, easily ripping into Jeanne's throat as the taste of her sweet blood drove it killed her? As the taste of her sweet blood drove the animal into a manic frenzy, mutilating her body with every gnash of its teeth. I'd grown attached to her. The townspeople found her later dumped on the outside of the village, her head nod clean off. Oh my god. Not, Not John. I was growing attached. We were watching sheep together just yesterday. And all of a sudden, she's fucking, now I have to watch just with her head beside me? No, it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Wait, wait. It sorry. was nod clean Oh, off. so it was just her body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so her body just beside me then. Uh, <laughs> um, I wrote that just for you. Thank you. That was great. You were I, just beaking it the whole time. Well, no, I wasn't beaking it. Uh, I was uh, engaging with it, which is different True. because, uh, you know, would you rather me just sit here, say nothing? Well, I thought you were going to sit there and say nothing. Why? I don't know. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you know me? <laughs> Who are you? When I when I can engage, I engage. Okay, so what was this thing that Jeanne saw? Well, no one is really sure, but what we do know is that between 1764 and 1767, a mysterious creature that the locals called the Beast ravaged the rural region of Gévaudan, France. Approximately 100 men, women, and children all reportedly fell victim to the Beast of Gévaudan. While many French at the time presumed the Beast was a wolf, and many modern scholars agree... Some have suggested that the beast may not have been a wolf at all. Whoa. It was a barren wolf's clothing? Maybe. Well, you you used you said something about barely just before the uh, the wolf thing had killed her. So I assumed that it was going to be like a bear, like, like foreshadowing kind of thing. You think of my writing skills way better than they actually are. <laughs> well, you're an English teacher, so <laughs> I expect the most of you. Hmm. Gévaudan is a region in southwestern France that had a reputation for being a remote, isolated, and backwater place where the forces of nature had not been fully tamed and where the forests were indeed enchanted. It was the perfect place for a grim-like fairy tale starring a possible supernatural creature. But for the villagers under attack, reality was more brutal than any book. The first recorded attack occurred in the early summer of 1764, where a young woman named Marie Vallée was tending cattle in the Mercury Forest in the eastern part of Gévaudan. She was attacked by a creature that she said was like a wolf, yet not a wolf. But she escaped as the bulls in the herd charged the beast, keeping it at bay. Like a wolf, but not a wolf, so a dog? Who knows? And also, I was just thinking about this, how you said that this place is kind of like kind of like a fairy tale, but it's actually not and stuff like that. I've just been picturing someone being like, you know, 
oh, man, this is crazy. People keep on getting killed. This is just like like a fairy tale. <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the the town sheriff is like, Luke, this is serious. People are dead. This isn't a goddamn fairy tale. Fairy tales actually actually used to be very very dark. We've just kind of made them yeah more made them nice. happy and yeah. pretty and stuff yeah yeah. The cows drove it off after it attacked a second time. Notably, the attacking animal seemed less interested in the cattle and more interested in getting the girl. <laughs> well, aren't we all? We're all you know we're uh, us farmers you know us farmers <laughs> uh, small small town farmers are uh, you know we're we're out there on the land you know in the pasture milking our cows <laughs> and then we're like man i just want to get the girl you know yeah and then we go to go to town to find our whammon cute sure yeah, <laughs> yeah it is shortly after <laughs> shortly afterward the first official victim of the beast was recorded our young jian so she's a real person oh i i didn't just make her up. i figured i <laughs> i was like i didn't assume you just made up this story about watching sheep yeah, I, I so part of my research, I was like, I actually don't know what sheep herders do. So I like researched medieval sheep herding so I could write that story. <laughs> okay. So anyways. So, wait, so so you don't know what she did exactly? She just watched, so you wrote that she watched sheep? She was a sheep herder. But you said sheep watcher. She's a sheep herder. They watch them. They herd them. <laughs> anyways, okay. her death attracted little attention at the time and was accepted by the community as a tragic side effect of a perilous time. The only documentation of the incident was a burial notice made by the parish priest. But then, on August 8th, a teenage girl in a nearby town was attacked. Mortally wounded, she managed with her last breath to describe the attacker as a horrible beast. These guys need to get better descriptions. (laughs) (laughs) Authorities started to note an unsettling pattern. On September 8th, a young boy disappeared near where Jian was killed. Only the remains of the boy, partially eaten, were recovered. These two deaths happened in a matter of weeks and marked the start of more than 100 documented fatal attacks in really? the Jevudan regi- region. Over 100? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. But like, you know, when you're describing this beast, you know, you get, so you get attacked by a shark in the water and somehow you live. You don't go, ah, a water monster got me. <laughs> you say, that bitch was a shark, you know? Well, they didn't know what it was. I guess. September saw four more attacks, including the first adult victim, who was attacked at sunset just a few steps away from her front door. Very soon, terror gripped the populace because the beast was repeatedly preying on lone men, women, and children as they tended livestock in the forests. Ooh. It's a cow. And it's a revenge story. Reports note that the beast seemed to only target the victim's head or neck area. There were so many attacks that some speculated that there were in fact two beasts. Rumors began to spread and people in the region decided to mobilize. Armed locals would roam the forests and try to draw predators out, but still the beast evaded capture. Individual stories of bravery captivated the public. By October, it had moved to the Merigid Mountains, where it decapitated a woman. It was then that the authorities started taking note. On October 8, 1764, after a mauling, the beast was seen at Chateau de la Bombe, stalking another herdsman. Man, the chateau is de Bombe. Stalking another herdsman. Hunters followed the animal into the estate's woods, and they flushed the animal into the open. They shot a volley of musket fire into the creature, who fell and seemed defeated. However, after a few moments, it rose and ran off into the woods. It's uh, Jason Voorhees, I believe, from Friday the 13th. He can't die. 
As word of the monster spread, speculation ran wild. Fear and anxiety fueled descriptions of a monster that acted more like a demon. Popular folklore of the day was already rife with stories of witches and werewolves, adding supernatural elements to the story. Some witnesses claimed that the beast could walk on its hind feet, and its hide could repel bullets, and it had a fire in its eyes, and it came back from the dead more than once, and had amazing leaping ability. Newspapers pounced on any salacious detail they could find, fictional or otherwise. They spoke of an intelligent beast that moved with ferocity and acted like an exceedingly cruel wolf. It bore strange characteristics that resembled a hyena, a young bull, a large donkey, and a lion. It was agile as a cat, yet shrieked like a horse. It had an elongated head similar to that of a greyhound, with a flattened snout, pointed ears, and a wide mouth sitting atop a broad chest. I have a theory. Yes? You know how in Jurassic Park, they create dinosaurs, right? That's the basic premise of it. Uh, I think this was done by a scientist who just wanted to make all the animals into one. That's probably true. The beast's tail was also said to have been notably longer than a wolf's with a tuft at the end. The beast's fur was described as a tawny or russet in color. but it's <laughs> What what the fuck does that mean? Like red. <laughs> red. Okay, they couldn't just say, oh, it's a little bit russet. No, it's red. <laughs> um, its back was streaked with black and a white heart-shaped pattern was noticed on its underbelly. <laughs> it's got a tattoo. <laughs> Witnesses also described its hunting practices as an ambush hunter, which stalked its prey and seized the prey by its throat. The wounds found on the bodies were typically to the head and limbs, with the remains of 16 victims reportedly decapitated. The creature prowled in the evenings and the mornings. So they did have a little bit more description as you were asking for. Yeah. France was in a demoralized state at this time, having suffered the disastrous Seven Years' War, in which they lost Canada to the English. People craved distraction, and since the king had banned all political news, the press got creative. The story of a cruel and cunning beast slaying innocent working folk was just the kind of story the country could rally around. The Courier de Avignon published 98 articles in just over a year, reporting each killing with relish, telling of boys who became feverish after looking the beast in the eyes, and beautiful maidens losing their heads to its attacks. As the headcount rose, Etienne Lafont and Captain Jean-Baptiste Dumel organized the first concerted attack. At one point, the number of volunteers rose to 30,000 men. Dumel organized the men into the fashion of military models, left poisoned bait, and even had some soldiers dress as peasant women in the hopes of attracting the beast. A reward for killing the monster eventually equaled a year's salary for a working man. Wow. For men like Dumel, the hunt was a way to redeem his honor after France's defeat in the Seven Years' War. According to historian J.M. Smith, there were many signs of wounded masculinity among the lead huntsmen, especially Dumas. He had a highly sensitive regard for his own honor, honor and had some bad experiences in the war and looked at this challenge of defeating the beast as a way to redeem himself. Even children got in on the hunt. On January 12, 1765, the beast attacked 10-year-old Jacques Portefeuille and a group of seven friends running from ages 8 to 12 who were playing in a field. The beast preyed on the youngest of the group, an eight-year-old boy, who it clenched in its massive jaws as the kids attacked back with their make-believe weapons, finally getting the animal <laughs> to release their friend. Unhand me, beast. I cast a spell. <laughs> King Louis XV heard about this rescue and awarded 300 litres to Portofoe. Uh, 300 what? Litres. I'm probably saying this. What, what is that? It's like dollars, but the French currency at the time. Okay. I'm probably saying, like, butchering that accent, but... That's fine. I called 
Jenny. John. Yes. I could, I guess Jenny would work too, sure. but I prefer to call her John. Yeah. We will just, okay. So he awarded 300 lives to Portifo and another 350 lives to the, sh- to be shared to among Willem his friends. <laughs> to be shared among his friends. <laughs> the king also rewarded Port- Portifo with an education at the state's expense. He then declared that the French state would help find and kill the beast. And remember Marie Vallée, the girl who was attacked and defended by her herd? Who? So Which one was she? She was the first one that was attacked and like her cows surrounded her and were like, fuck off, beast. Okay. And it was she one that the one that described the beast? Like a wolf, but not a wolf. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's the one? Okay. Yeah. Well, she earned the title of Maiden of Jevoudan, and there is still a statue that stands today in her honor. Okay, so now I got a little bit confused because the history is a bit murky, and there's two recordings of this Marie Vallée, one in 1764 and one in 1765. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the 64 version, she was defended by the cows. The second, the 65 version is recorded that she was a 19 or 20-year-old, uh, and she was attacked on August 11th while crossing a river with her sister. In this story, she was armed with a bayonet affixed to a pole and was able to impale the beast's chest. In this instance, she became known as the Amazon. Uh, so I don't really know which is the correct version, um, or if the story's got like confused in over time. I heard she got defended by cows, yeah, like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, or if like there were two, like, but the the thing that's even confusing. So her name is Marie Jeanne Vallée. and so both of these accounts were recorded as this Marie Jeanne Vallée. So that's like. I don't know. It's I just, confusing. But, it is confusing. But, but yeah, that's, that happens in history. Let's just assume that she got defended by the cows, and the cow had a bayonet mm-hmm. and stabbed the beast. Yeah. Moo shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one. That was a good joke. Yeah. Much like your witchcrafts yes, joke. Yes, which my sister, Teresa, or wait, I don't want to pay her royalties, uh, Borisa Bo- uh, <laughs> texted me and said she liked that joke. I know. So, again, fuck you. <laughs> the children's heroics not only prompted the king to send money, but also royal hunters to destroy the beast. When Louis agreed to send two professional wolf hunters, now wait for this name, Jean-Charles Marc-Antoine Vassumili de Enval. That's his name. John, John, Marc... Jean Charles Marc Antoine. Jean Charles Marc. Antoine. Anton. Vamusili. Vamusilini. De Enival. Charles. And his son, Jean Francois. Jean Francis. <laughs> Captain Dumal was forced to stand down and return to his headquarters. Dumal and the two hunters were unable to cooperate as Dumal favored wolf hunting parties while Deneval and his son believed that the beast could only be shot using stealthy techniques. <laughs> yep. The father boasted that he'd already killed 1,200 wolves, which would be good practice assuming that the beast was in fact a wolf. But no one was sure of that. It is much bigger than a wolf, reported one account. It has a snout somewhat like a calf's and very long hair, which would seem to indicate a hyena. Dumal himself described the animal even in even more fantastical terms, saying it had a breast as wide as a horse, and a body as long as a leopard, and fur that's red with a black stripe. Dumal concluded, you will probably undoubtedly think, like I do, that this is a monster hybrid, the father of which is a lion. What its mother was remains to be seen. 
Regardless, on February 17th, 1765, the father and son team arrived, bringing with them eight bloodhounds that had trained in wolf hunting. Over the next four months, the pair hunted for Eurasian wolves, believing that one or more of these animals was the beast. However, the attacks continued, and... Well, hold on. Eurasian wolves? So I'm guessing there's different types of wolves, like North American wolves and Eurasian wolves and different kinds of Hey, Charles, isn't that Eurasian wolf? (laughs) Boom. Continue. Um... However, the attacks continued, and Louis, frustrated with the lack of progress, replaced them with his personal bodyguard, Francois Antoine. Of note, this man was 71 years old. Ooh, not the greatest age to be a bodyguard. No, I was like, really? <laughs> this is your best, the best you can do? I think it was actually his nephew, so like, the bodyguard went out to like coordinate it, but it, from what I was reading, it sounds like it was his nephew that actually ended up doing the actual hunting. Mm. But I can't confirm that. On either September 20th or 21st, Antoine killed a large gray wolf measuring 31 inches in height and 5 foot 7 inches in length. So that's how tall I am. Um, oh. And weighing in at 130 pounds. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how big that like is in comparison, but Louise is about 3 feet long and weighs 60 pounds. So this wolf was maybe twice the size Wait, of Louise. Oh, sorry. Louise. Our dog. Our dog. I was like... This character in this, the seven-year-old, one-old man is 60 pounds. Oh, <laughs> I was like, huh? No, okay, so King Louis, yeah. his bodyguard is Antoine, yeah. who is 71. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. But the wolf that they killed was probably twice the size of our dog, Louise. That's crazy. Yes. Antoine officially stated, we declare by the present report, we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one. Hence, we believe that this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage. The animal was further identified as the monster by survivors who recognized scars on its body inflicted by victims defending themselves. The wolf was stuffed and sent to Versailles. Many noted that the beast didn't seem overly supernatural, just big, and it felt anticlimactic to so many who had believed in the fantasticality of the beast. Antoine returned to Paris and received a large sum of money as well as fame, titles, and awards. However... Well, yeah. That wasn't the beast. On December 2nd, two boys aged 6 and 12 were attacked, suggesting that the beast was still alive. The beast tried to capture the youngest boy, but it was successfully fought off by the elder. The 71-year-old man? The 12-year-old boy. Oh. So two boys were attacked. Okay, the elder in this case is the boy. I thought thought the old man, Anton, was like, (laughs) I'm gonna defeat you no he's he's back in paris because he's like oh i caught the wolf right okay soon after more successful attacks followed and some of the shepherds witnessed that the beast showed no fear around cattle at all king louis however chose to ignore these attacks insisting that antoine had killed the creature (laughs) so for another 18 months something large and monstrous stalked the villagers of jevoudan with a reported 30 to 35 fatalities in that period and the king is just like no we got the monster, okay? These yeah. deaths are unrelated. Yeah, he offered little aid in this next Super. row of attacks. With no assistance from outside the region, locals took matters into their own hands. Local farmer Jean Chastille had been involved in a previous hunt, but was thrown in prison by Antoine for leading his men into a bog. So I was like, that's weird. But bygones became bygones as Chastel managed, at last to bring the creature down on June 19th, 1767. The body of this creature was autopsied and stuffed, 
with the postmortem report stating that the animal had non-wolf characteristics as described by the witnesses, and upon being opened, the animal's stomach was shown to contain the remains of its last victim. The attacks ended, but while it was assumed that the beast killed was the beast, doubts remained that it was indeed a wolf. <laughs> it was actually just Willem Dafoe in a costume. <laughs> Historians, scientists, pseudoscientists, and conspiracy theorists have all proposed theories about what the beast was. Among the suspects, a Eurasian wolf, an armored war dog, a striped hyena, a lion, some kind of prehistoric predator, a werewolf, a dog-wolf hybrid, and a human. Willem Dafoe. So I'm, I'm yeah. gonna... That's why he killed so many people, because he was like, he was looking for Spider-Man. So he just grabbed the kid and he's like, where's Spider-Man? I'm the Green Goblin. Some believe that Chastel himself had trained his dog to attack people and deflect attention from other crimes. I don't know what crimes he was doing and why that would be what you're going to do to be like, don't pay attention to me, pay attention to this wolf. Yeah. <laughs> but like, anyways, um, they also believe that it might have been a way for Chastel to get hunters to kill the wolves in the area that had already decimated his livestock. They also proposed the theory that his mastiff had sired the beast and its resistance to bullets may have been due to the wearing of an armored hide of a young boar. I think they needed Scooby-Doo to come on the case in this thing. I'm just like, if it was like, say it was a human or whatever like that, I could just picture the end of uh, this whole thing. Like, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you goddamn kids and that motherfucking dog. That's not what they say. Huh? It isn't? <laughs> it is meddling kids. When your motherfucking die. <laughs> so anyways, those theories really make no sense to me, but that's a thing. Yeah. Um, of the candidates that was the most fanciful is the werewolf. It's said that Chastel supported, supposedly used a silver bullet to bring down the beast, thereby feeding into werewolf mythology. Also unrealistic is that the beast was an extinct prehistoric predator, such as a bear dog, which what the fuck is a bear dog? Well... If you've ever watched South Park, you'll know that uh, certain animals can be together in one. Man bear pig is what I'm referring to. <laughs> there is such a thing. Um, you know, ask um, Al Gore. He'll tell you man bear pig exists and scours the earth. Maybe with man bear pig. That's probably what it was. Probably. Um, a dire wolf or a hyanodon, which is a prehistoric. Similar to a mastodon, but... Dog form. Dog form. Yeah. Uh, the idea that such a large animal would evade detection for thousands to millions of years, though, is just too implausible. Others have suggested that a human serial killer may have been responsible for the attacks. Mm. Many of the beast's victims were reported to be decapitated, which is something that few animals can do. While it is unlikely that a killer would roam about for victims wearing a bestial costume, those who support this theory also believe that the human killer used an animal to carry out the crimes. So that's Get the me Spider Man. So that's the armored war dog theory. Ah uh, yes. No, I still I still like my theory of Willem Dafoe scouring this. <laughs> Where is he? It's possible that the beast was a lion, which had escaped from someone's private collection. Yeah. As noted, the beast would ambush its prey and seize it by the neck. A lion could exhibit these types of behaviors. Lions have also been known to prey upon humans, so think of the ghost in the darkness. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Oh my god. That movie terrorized me when I was a child. Really? So it's it's a true story. Um, oh, yeah. They were building... I'm going to have to do this on the podcast. Uh, they were building a railway through somewhere in Africa, 
Um, and these two lions just kept rummaging through the workers on the train and just ate 130 people. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so lions like to eat people. Mm-hmm. Um, and another supporting fact is that the territory of the beast was roughly 56 by 50 miles, which aligns with a lion's typical range. Eyewitnesses in France at the time were not familiar with living lions, and what they did know about them came from very stylized imagery. An immature male lion does not have a fully developed mane and sometimes has a mohawk type of stripe running down its back. This matches descriptions of the beast by eyewitnesses. However, of all the theories, the one considered most credible is that of wolves. Jevodon had a serious wolf infestation at the time. According to Smith, the historian, he believes that large lone wolves were attacking individual communities across the region or that it was a wolf pack. Attacks by wolves were a very serious problem during this era, not only in France, but throughout Europe, with tens of thousands of deaths attributed to wolves in the 18th century alone. Smith argues that many of the supernatural qualities attributed to the beast were induced by the church, who stirred up fear in the populace that God was punishing the French for the defeat in the Seven Years' War. There are, however, some potential flaws to the wolf theory, including the frequency of the beast's deadly attack, suggesting it was not a single rabid wolf. Also, none of its victims seem to have contracted rabies, suggesting that their attacker also did not carry rabies. Although there are strong voices arguing multiple theories about the identity of the beast of Jevoudan, all admit that the truth will never be fully known. Without genetic or forensic evidence, the beast of Jevoudan is bound to forever remain a mystery. So, Dakota, what do you think? Wait, so it's a, so the beast is still out there? No, they did kill it. So, okay, well, sorry, right. that's who they aut- autopsied, right? Yeah, but... and, they, and 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 so the the question is, they were, and we in the future don't know because obviously, I guess they didn't make really good notes on this beast death. Okay, but they the attack stopped after that, and this thing that they killed, it had human remains in its tummy uh-huh. so they were like yes this is the thing but we don't know what this thing that we killed is they couldn't figure out what it was and apparently we still don't know apparently bigfoot man bear pig i thought you said man bear pig can disguise itself as many things <laughs> what uh, do you think it is well you know what i think it is willem dafoe obviously <laughs> still on the hunt for spider-man <laughs> after all these years <laughs> i thought that was fascinating i'm very intrigued to what it actually was. I was mean, I have spooky? my theories. Um, I mean, I wasn't scared while you were talking about mm-hmm. it, just because, like, it's just us talking. Like, it's not like watching a movie or something like mm-hmm. that, where it's like, oh, you know, in the dark and stuff, it's lighted in here. Well, I could have turned the lights off and jumped at you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been effective. Uh, but, yeah, I really like the way you delivered the, the first opening uh, line, and um, I, I felt like it was there. I had already made plans to marry John. You're married to me. In this scenario. Hey. <laughs> we, we were, um, we, come on. Oh, we were just watching sheep all day. She's also 14. <clears throat> uh, oh, this is, you know what? I'm married. Sorry, John. You're, you're 14. You're too young for me. <laughs> Maybe in this story, you are also 14. That's better. <laughs> so we are two 14-year-olds just watching sheep. Of course we're going to fall in love and get married when we're 18. Or 15. I guess in those days, yes. I'm going to make an honest woman out of you, John. Next year. 
when my balls dropped. Oh my god. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so yeah, I just I thought it was uh uh yeah, just overall interesting. I liked um uh, the idea that these cows were defending this chick and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just there's so many like things that you know, it's one of those ones where we don't really can't have an answer to, and you know how much I hate that, but yeah. I was still intrigued by it. So, yeah, I just uh, overall enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, also saying these names <laughs> in a different way, Americanizing them, yeah, you know? Canadianizing them. Canadianizing them. them. Although Canadians are also French, so. I will give this... I know my rating. I'm just Ugh. thinking about the, the, the catch to it you know I, right um i will give this 8.7 oh, okay motherfucking dogs out of 10 <laughs> perfect well that's all we have for this week we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us if you enjoyed listening to what we had to say please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts leave a review or tell your friends about us indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth if you want to stay in contact or see behind-the-scenes action, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian or on Facebook under The Reluctant Historian Podcast. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted at thereluctanthistorian at gmail.com. And this week, I would like to implore you to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and write a review or just even give us a five stars. You know, five stars only. Thank you very much. That would really help us out a lot and you would show that you're a true fan. So, thank you for that. So, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. I'll get you, Spider-Man! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.